You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. The new book by Christopher Brown is Tropic of Kansas. Thank you for joining me, Christopher. Thanks for having me, Rick. This book recreates the present, essentially, in a manner that is extremely terrifying because we find the world in the midst of a long emergency and the head of the United States is a charismatic businessman. This, <laughs> What led you to create a science fiction world that looks so much like the present? Well, I was trying to write a work of dystopian realism to sort of take the material of the real world uh, that I saw manifest around us and turn it turn it on its head. A, a post-9-11 novel in a, set in a world in which 9-11 didn't even happen, and all of that dark energy of the war on terror is instead focused on uh, domestic problems. Uh, at the core of this novel is the idea of the network, and there are different kinds of networks. There are technological networks, there are analog networks, digital networks, but the most important aspect of any network, as we read through this book, we realize are the human beings at each node in the network. So talk about networks, human, technological, and in between. Yeah, well, I'm trying to... The, the book tries to look at human networks uh, as part of the natural world, in a sense, and both the ways in which our ethereal technologies are really products of, of the physically observable world and the way in which the networks of our societies are rooted in uh, you know the deep natural networks of the past of the ecological uh, you know networks in which we exist and live and breathe literally uh, and through which we travel in physical and geological space and trying to uh, explore the liminality of all of those layers as a uh, fertile ground for storytelling you know it strikes me that um you talk about what you call the rhizomatic spaces, that a new world could be born in between the bits of an old one. And I think that's a very interesting notion. Yeah, I mean, trying to find, I mean, thinking about networks as systems of governance uh, and trying to get away from, I mean, I spent a lot of time in my life working close to power, both in politics and in the business world, and I'm sort of suspicious of it. And I think networks we've always known provide a way to govern ourselves. They are the way we govern ourselves without uh, uh, need for a lot of uh, exercise of dominion and power over each other. And so, yeah, so trying to look at ways in which, you know, the utopian, if you will, potentials of networks to kind of create more uh, egalitarian and participatory societies that aren't based on, you know, sort of one person being in charge. Uh, and so the people in the world of this book, or some of the people in the world of this book, are trying to find their way uh, to that, uh, to that, you know, true democracy uh, of our imaginations. This book is in many ways uh, an um, utterly and totally American adventure. It's almost like a frontier story of a young boy who who comes to learn to how to deal with the world. So talk about creating Sig as an American hero and an American action hero. 
Yeah, I mean, I wanted to draw, instead of drawing from, say, the material of, you know, classical mythology or of, you know, Joseph Campbell's monomyth and the hero's journey, I wanted to draw on, I want to write a really American story to deal with American problems. And so I thought a lot about American character types. And I've always loved that sort of backwoods character, you know, from whether it's, you know, uh, Davy Crockett or Jeremiah Johnson or Rambo or Bigfoot. There's a they really embody our, uh, you know, our relationship with the land on which we live. And uh, so I tried to, yeah, take those those uh, action-oriented archetypes of American folklore and American adventure pulps uh, and repurpose them towards more emancipatory ends and, uh, and try to, you know, dial up the realism a little bit and sort of ratchet through the mythological embellishments. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and I had a lot of fun doing that. When you create a, a novel with a backdrop as dark and and unsettling as this, it's really nice to uh, give your readers kind of uh, a positive vision, but that you have to earn that. So talk about how you go about creating uh, and earning in your book a positive vision when you present the world as being kind of like an ash heap. As you put it, it was like a reality network where people watch each other destroy their own country. (laughs) One of the lines in this book that I think you could put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's sort of, uh, maybe that is a little prescient. But um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, Change doesn't come easy. It's like, you know, there's that oft-quoted, variously attributed aphorism that it's easier to imagine the end of the world than a small change in the political system. And um, it's it's just telling the truth that to really, you know, to try to build a better world or build a better community is hard work and it's not easy. And we have the systems we have for reasons. And to try to eke out progress uh, uh, takes a lot of effort and... Uh, and you know, tells a better story when you sort of tell it like it is that way. That uh, you don't get, you know, we have a lot of these stories uh, in like young adult dystopias where they find their way to some revolutionary redemption, but it usually comes pretty easily in the end. And it's sort of, you know, when now we're in the new world, and uh, I don't know that it's that easy to find our way there. I'm still working on figuring it out myself in a way. So, um, so that's in part what that's about. The new book by Christopher Brown is Tropic of Kansas. Thank you for joining me, Christopher. Thank you for having me, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.